All right, welcome back to another... Oh, man, I forgot to get an adjective. I got your back again, Kevin. All right, well, it's another blank episode of VA Radio. What do you got, Mike? It's another infinitely ebullient episode (laughs) of VA Radio. Like Ebola? (laughs) (laughs) Well, unlike Ebola, ebullient means to be cheerful or full of energy. Oh, wow, well, you got that right. Right on. I'm darn near neither of those today. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm working on it. Dig it. All right. Well, I'm uh, Kevin Osti, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark, who is uh, infinitely ebullient. Is it it ebullient? Ebullient, yes. Ebullient. Right on. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Well, it's been a little while since we've done our last uh, episode of V8 Radio. This is the show where we... uh, we talk about car stuff and, and projects and events and things like that, and uh, we tend to start these off with a trivia question to kind of bait and switch people into listening to this extravaganza. <laughs> 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 do, you, uh, do you have a trivia question lined up for us today, Mike? Indeed, I have a trivia question, Kevin. Uh, and here we go. All right, right into it. You are usually the center of attention if your CUDA is decked out with the quote, high-impact option. What is it? Uh, Well, the high-impact was a series of colors. So, I see that grin on your face. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see nothing! (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Poker face over there. (laughs) So, it could have been any number of uh, uh, 21 different colors available on your CUDA, depending on the year. I'm imagining. And then, of course, stripes and wings and stuff were mm-hmm. added to mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say mm-hmm. just center attention if you had a high-impact color on your CUDA. That's my okay. guess. That's your final answer. Okay. That is my well, final answer. We'll, we'll, we'll find out later in the show if you're <laughs> okay. correct. Okay, <Kevin>. all right. <laughs> <laughs> I figured we're probably getting tired of uh, in what year did this happen because that's just brutal. Yeah. So. Okay, good. Well, get ready then because it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, come on! <laughs> <laughs> well... Sort of. All right. So, all right. Fair enough. Recently, I was uh, uh, I obtained another stack of vintage car magazines, which I always love, and it's nice because sometimes our customers will here at the V8 Speed and Resto Shop will will bring by boxes of stuff when they're cleaning out the garage and things oh, like sweet. that. Sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. I love this stuff. And uh, I was looking through a 1971 issue of Carcraft. Wow. Yeah. Cool stuff. And there was an advertisement for the 1971 Dodge Challenger RT. I'm sorry, Dodge Challenger TA, 71 TA. Okay. And it was cool because uh, I think it was wearing a high-impact color, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Is that it right? Was, uh, yeah, in the ad, it's yellow with a, with a blacked-out hood and everything else. Uh-huh. And uh, they ran that ad in, in Hot Rod and Car Craft and, and a whole bunch of different enthusiast magazines. How many 71 Challenger TAs... Do you think they sold? Challenger TAs. Oh, gosh. And this is the car with the 340, uh, 3.2 barrel intake and the trumpet pipes okay. in front of the rear wheels and the blacked out hood and oh boy, slats on the window. It was basically the Trans Am car for the street. That's what they sure. call it, the TA. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Um are you going to give me a range? Uh, I mean, like uh, within a certain amount, or is it 
so little that you're not even going to do that for me? Uh, well, you made an assumption there that it would be so little that I wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. Or uh, so many that you it would be it would right. give it away. Right. Right. So, you know, between one in a million? Yeah, right. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I saw that look on your face too. <laughs> <laughs> between, um, between zero and a million. How about that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> how many seventy-one Challenger TAs did they make with the three forty three by two? I will say there were. That was the six pack intake, by the way. Right. And a, and a, right. Si- a side trivia question is that the Dodge was the six pack. The Plymouth is the six barrel. Six barrel. I I didn't know that. Why couldn't that be the question? Yeah. Don't get Thanks. that wrong because uh, you get the emails. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I sure did. We don't. We don't want those emails. <laughs> you lunkhead. <laughs> you, you don't know. You don't know nothing. Yeah, it's exact same part. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just name different. Um, I will say 71 Challenger TAs, 150. 150. Let me uh, make a note of that. TAs. Mm-hmm. Final answer, 150. Fi- final answer, 150. All right. Well, there you go. Noted. We will find Noted. out at the end of the show. Indeed. So what else is up, man? Oh gosh, man! I, I'm I'm engineless. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have no uh, no resolution in sight. I am I am dejected. All right. Well, let's let's bring our uh, our listener back up to speed here. So the 60, <laughs> 67 GTO project has had the engine. Uh, at the machine shop, and you pointed out interestingly the other day on the V8 mm-hmm. forum that if you had dropped your engine off at the machine shop and it was a child, by today mm-hmm. it'd be walking and talking. <laughs> exactly. Yes. If it was a newborn baby, fresh, fresh out of the womb, it would be walking and talking now. Uh, so that's that's a nice little piece of perspective. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer. Well, yeah. So so now we're on. Uh, the original goal was to get it running by spring, and then by winter, and then by spring, and then by winter. Yeah, so now yeah. we're talking spring again. Yeah, winter, spring, summer, or fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a lot going on over here, if it makes you feel any better. Uh, you do have a lot going on over there. Let's Please fill us in. Yeah, how much time do you have? Uh-huh. It's, we, uh, well, we have an hour. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty crazy. We... Um, over the summer, uh, recently, because we're we're recording this in uh, mid-October, I guess, mm-hmm. we have uh, purchased our building that the V8 Speed and Resto Shop exists in, and it's we've been in this building for four years now. But finally, the opportunity arose to uh, to purchase the building, so we took the leap and did it. And um, Kelly, who actually runs the shop um, and handles the vast majority of the, the business side of things. Uh, jumped in with both feet and was able to start making some improvements on the building. And it was one of those deals where, uh, as we rented it, our landlord said, you know, if you make any upgrades, you know, I'll knock it off your rent or reimburse you or whatever. 
<clears throat> some of that may or may not have happened uh, as much as you want to, you know, because... Right. I, and I see his point, too. The, the landlord isn't the guy who necessarily wanted the redo of our fabrication shop. And, you know, they put light fixtures in here and there and that kind of stuff. So he's like, look, right. whatever you want to do. So finally, he's like, why don't you just buy the place and do whatever you want? So that's kind of how it went down, which was great. And uh, the first upgrade was a whole wall of new windows on the backside of the shop that just needed repair. Uh-huh. Um and then the uh, next thing you know, we got an architect and a contractor here. <laughs> <laughs> so you and I had talked before about in the restoration world the concept of might as well syndrome. You know, well, you mm-hmm. got it apart, you might as well, you know, repaint the firewall or whatever. So that that's we're trying to keep the lid on the pot in that respect. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but right now. Um, our building had kind of a facade on the front because it's uh, it's got some history. It, the middle part was an old service station a million years ago, and then it's been added on in several several directions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are expanding the office space, and we're blowing the roof off and going yeah. up and adding trusses and a peak and and um, recladding the front and changing some other windows and putting in another bathroom and you know down the line. So it's it's a big project. It is a big project. Pretty ambitious. It's going to be killer when you're all done. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. It's going to be really cool, and and we're trying to do this in phases because, you know, right now, thankfully, the economy is pretty good around here, and and, uh, we're able to make this happen. We've got great customers, and and we've got stuff going on. Um, The city has been real good to us. We're in the the town of Redbud, Illinois, and they've been very helpful. They have not – you know, sometimes when you – are in a uh, a city and you're trying to do a modification to a building you've got to go through a lot of uh, legal hoops and and sure. committees and stuff and they've been they're all for it and they've been nothing but uh, but supportive so that's really cool I mean God forbid if it was a quote historical building then there's even more hoops that you'd yeah. have to jump through and the, the, you'd be really restricted as to what you can do on the outside and all that right stuff. and we were kind of aware of that in the beginning and I, I we kind of intentionally didn't get into a situation like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this building's been around for a long time, but it's not like on the map of, you know, protected <laughs> right. uh, species or anything. But, you <laughs> right. know, it's funny you mentioned that. It was kind of cool. The guy that, that um, I guess, kind of two owners ago of this facility was a gentleman who did a vast majority of work on this place and did some of these add-ons and stuff many years ago. And his name was Louie. And he used to have a towing business and an auto repair shop called Louis Auto Company. Mm-hmm. And as we, uh, Louis was a great guy. He was here the first year we moved in, and unfortunately, he passed away. But oh. he, li- he used to live next door, and he'd come over on his bicycle every day, and he would help us out. And you know, oh, it was right of, on! It, it was neat. It was one of those situations where. You know, we're trying to track down an electrical outlet and figure out what fuse it is, you know, and, and Louis's like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, in, in 84, <laughs> I put that one in over there, you know, and, uh-huh. and he did so much of this stuff himself that, you know, there were some liberties taken with design uh-huh. and with, you know, not necessarily with codes, but we like to say things were Louis because, you know, he had his own style <laughs> okay. of doing stuff. And he was a guy who did whatever he could with what he had, you know, so. Sure. Um, Nothing extravagant, but very functional. Right. And uh, when Louis passed away, we were we were bummed because he was such a cool guy. But at the same time, we kind of missed that opportunity to say, "Hey, you know what's going on with this thing over here?" Right. And hit him having the answer. 
But this past week, we removed the facade off the front of the building and discovered the the lettering from his old shop. It says Louis Auto Company out on the front of the building right now, which That's was pretty killer. neat. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a lot of the townspeople have been driving by and honking, and they all rec- you know a lot of these people remember Louis and remember seeing that sign up and uh-huh. and I put a thing up on Facebook saying, hey, you know, we we apologize for our destruction and our mess right now. Uh, but here's a, a picture of the plan, and uh, I'm starting to get kind of a neat little history of people telling stories about what this place used to be, and you know yeah. that they had an uncle who worked there, or you know whatever. So it's it's pretty, been pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's uh it's nice. I, it's I think it shows what a good neighbor you are out there to you're keeping the building fixed up and and uh, and uh, really revitalizing it. Well, we're trying. So, um, mm-hmm. And like I said, it's one step at a time. Once the outside is reclad and the new roof is finished and the offices are done, we're going to turn our focus inside after we kind of recover from that. And mm-hmm. uh, in the main mechanic shop area, that's next on the on the list. We're going to mm-hmm. redo the lighting and the ceiling and all kinds of stuff in there and hopefully Great. do a nice floor coating and tune up the look of that and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, Yeah. But, uh through all, I'm sorry. Through all this, you're still running your business as normal, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> normal in quotes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah. We still have 20 cars in this place right now, and mm. the the challenge has been the first step after the the you know we had these windows put in, so we had to get all the cars away from that area, mm-hmm. you know, where there was mild construction going on, so sure. nothing happened to them. And then the next phase was the roof on the on the south facing side of the roof peak, and we had to make sure that the roofers on the roof weren't dropping things through that would land on something, right? So, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> oh yeah, we we had to move cars and take protective measures and everything, and you know people are supposed to have their cars improved here and not you know destroyed. Right. So, uh, but so far it's all going well. We haven't had any casualties. Uh, Kelly's got this giant magnet on wheels that she's driving around the shop all the time picking up screws and you know tacks and all kinds of stuff yeah right just to prevent any of that uh Mm -hmm. risk from happening so that's yeah yeah right on very cool very cool we're uh what what's your um what's the uh estimated completion date on this do we have one uh well these guys are moving fast (laughs) and um to kind of we're lucky we're, we're dealing with a contractor a local guy who's flexible allowing us to do some of this work ourselves okay. um, and not on the construction side but on the uh, on the demolition side nice. so uh, Kelly and I have been staying late and uh, tearing down the office walls and getting the fixtures out and and mm-hmm. the ceiling tiles and all that stuff and interestingly we found a file that that old Louie actually had a uh, an, an environmental lab test the ceiling tiles and found that there's no asbestos in the building right on so we felt uh having that paperwork and and looking at the tiles that we were safe enough to remove these on our own without having to call in a specialist yeah uh and they're actually kind of it's interesting they're made of like a a press board like a they're like paper but they're all compressed and then they got white paint on one side these little probably nine by nine square tiles So, uh, yeah, we pulled all that stuff out, and we've been doing, you know, we've been here until midnight every night rip, ripping stuff down, which is okay. I mean, it's it's nice at the end of the day to go swing a hammer and break stuff. 
you know, yes, blow sir, up, it is. Yeah, blow off some <laughs> steam, and and I've been sitting at the desk quite a bit recently, so to get out and you know get some action going. Mm-hmm. So. The, the trick, though, is our contractor team comes in in the morning and they press on, and they've been uh-huh. working a lot faster than we have been. So, oh, is that right? Yeah, they're kind of on our heels saying, you know, we, uh, we thought you guys would have this room destroyed by now, and it's like, uh-huh. yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the timing is, is kind of interesting because as we're talking, uh, six days from now, Kelly and I are getting on the road to go to SEMA in Vegas, Oh, boy. That's right. That's right around the corner. It is. Clock is ticking. And um, we're bringing the uh, the reloaded Camaro back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll make its second appearance at SEMA. And I can we'll tell that story in a minute. Mm-hmm. And our contractor team is going to be working while we're gone. Oh. And that's a little spooky. Um, yeah. And not because these guys have been great. They they don't they don't require supervision. They're, they're hustling. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing a great job. But I just want to kind of be around partially to take pictures of stuff, you know, because sure. of documenting all this. Uh, but also, if they have any questions, um, we're look, going to be a little bit out of the loop. So I yeah. want to have a meeting and make sure everybody knows what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we were <laughs> we were joking the other day about, you know, taking the Sharpie and drawing the X on the left leg so it's the one that gets <laughs> amputated, not the wrong one, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> But uh, our stuff is, you know, we're not we're not building a hospital here. It's it's pretty simple, right. you know. We're just re-roofing and adding adding some a couple things here and there. But they will be uh, bringing a uh, a piece of equipment in to break up the concrete floor, and we got two big walls coming down. And oh boy, yeah, yeah. Our our office space was at uh, ground level for the front of the building, but the whole building's on a grade, so the the back uh-huh. part of the building is raised up about three feet. So that's going to get dug out, and it's going to be leveled out to the same. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So the office. Oh, that'll be killer. It'll be neat uh, for the yeah. uh, for the office part. So, so I figure those guys. Hopefully, they can get that done this week, maybe, and and then we can get on the road and know that the the, the big trauma is done. So, yeah. So uh, anyway, to answer your question, we're we're hoping uh, Kelly keeps saying December to have this thing done, and that's you know a month and two weeks. So yeah. Uh, that's aggressive. Uh, yeah, they went. F- the The thing that slowed them. There was only one thing that slowed them down so far, and it was the roof on this place. We removed, or they removed the shingles, and the plan was to do basically a tear off roof job, which mm-hmm. means tear the shingles off. You evaluate the boards, um, you know, replace any plywood or anything that's up there. Hopefully, not have to replace any trusses below them. Mm-hmm. And, and and what they found was that um, there was seven layers of shingles. On the oh my lord! Seven layers. So it took them probably an extra solid two days just to get the the shingles off the roof. Seven layers? Yeah. Can you believe that? Now that's a little uh, uh, a little uh, flexible with the code, isn't it? Yeah, that was a, that was a Louis thing right there, you know, because he knew. And it was funny because during the process, I was not here, but some old guy came in and he apologized. He's like, "I remember putting the seventh layer on that, and I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to go through that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know. Oh, my gosh. But the, the amazing thing about it was once the shingles came off, all of the plywood underneath was in perfect shape. 
Well, of course it is. It's well, had a ton of protection. It, it's had a ton of protection, but I thought it would all be bowed and... and oh, like warped just, from heat or yeah, something? Yeah, just from the, the weight of the yeah, seven layers yeah. of shingles. So we lost time peeling the shingles, but gained time and material by not having to, uh, you know, to re redo everything up there. And the new roof is a tin roof. So it'll, oh, nice. it'll last forever and, and forever. leaks and all that stuff. Um, so those guys are moving right along. And uh, I think that December deadline, you know, I think it's going to happen. So Good. Yeah, right. Well, well right on, man. I like, uh, I like seeing the progress of that place. I remember when you moved in there, I was really stoked about that and all the space you gained and all the extra cars you could put in there and all the more work you could be doing. It's And just to have it kind of keep, progressing like that is fantastic well you know and it's all kelly to be honest with you because the, the funny thing is is when we first moved into the shop we were looking at the building next door um because right. old louis louis owned basically this whole block and there was a a, a, re, a far more recent structure just to the south of us uh-huh. and and he was selling that and then he was selling the building that we landed in and uh we looked at the other one, and he's like, well, I think I got a buyer already, but, you know, my old place is up for sale. And Kelly and I walked through here, and I said, there's no way I'm ever going to buy this joint. I mean, <laughs> it's just a disaster. I'm like, no way. And and so it became available for rent, and I thought, well, I'll rent it, you know, but it's, it's just too weird because of the way it's been added on. There's, mm-hmm. you know... And, and it used to be a body shop, but the, the collision shop moved out because there wasn't an easy workflow to get from the front to the back and into the paint booth and everything. But for a restoration shop, you're not getting a car in on Monday that's got to leave on Wednesday. So the, uh, the workflow wasn't quite as critical. And as soon as we moved in, we just did a couple things. We had a, a, a brick guy come in and, and brick up a couple of windows that were not conducive and fix a couple of walls and... And I'm like, oh, that's a little better, you know. And mm-hmm. and then Kelly's like, well, if we're going to be here for a little while, I'm going to redo the back. There's actually two buildings. The back building is where our fab shop is and the body shop. And mm-hmm. and um, she went through with a with another contractor and refaced the inside, put some tin up, new lights and heaters and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, well, this place ain't so bad. And then, and yeah. then it became a crisis of opportunity when it went up for sale. So we said, sure. So it'll, it'll get there. Um, yeah, but it's, it's got its charm and, and, uh, it has its challenges too, but we've, we've got some, right. Plans, so yeah, well, see. well, I, it's great. I mean, you have so much more freedom now to do what you want with it and, and you can totally make it your own and revitalize it and, and reconfigure however you deem necessary to even improve your workflow that much more and yeah. truly make it your own. Yeah, and you know, interestingly, we we had some pretty good freedom. I mean, the our, our landlord, that uh, the guy who actually bought it from Louis and then rented it to us, he really didn't have anything to say about what we did. He was fine with that because he knew we were improving his property at at that point yeah, right. too. So yeah. he he didn't mind. He just didn't want to pay for it. So. Uh, you know, it, it is an interesting spot knowing that whatever we can afford or whatever we want to put the time into, we can do. Yeah, um, and that's so nice. It is nice. I take that for granted because so many, so many people, and it doesn't matter if it's a house or a, a business or whatever, it's like, boy, if my landlord would let me do this or if I could afford to do that, you know, and you, you know, these people live in frustration and I've, I've been there. Um, we, uh, we don't have that. 
You know, we the, the sky's the limit. You know, our problem is just being able to jump high enough, I guess. You know, so yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. We're very fortunate. We have enough to do to uh, to make these projects happen, and happy customers and cool cool cars to work on, and a great crew. That the crew, I I got to hand it to them. Are uh, the so because this was an old service station at one point, the restrooms are on the outside wall, and <laughs> yeah. as you know, you got to walk outside around the side of the building. I feel yeah. like handing people a key on a yardstick, you know? <laughs> exactly, or a cinder block or something. <laughs> yeah, right. That's kind of how it steer, is. A steering wheel that would be perfect. A steering wheel, right? Yeah, Some, something that doesn't fit through the door. <laughs> uh, and it's. Oh. it's there's two of them at least we you know originally they were men's and women's and then we realized we might as well label the nice one the bathroom and the other one was labeled private so oh. the crew uses the uh the unlabeled one so that they don't have to worry about keeping it clean um not from a sanitary okay. standpoint but dust and you know metal right. shavings and stuff sure and then when customers come in they use the nicer one you know oh, so okay we try to provide a nice customer experience <laughs> <laughs> oh boy here's, i can't believe you're not going to keep those bathrooms yeah, here's, here's, here's so, so nice, palatial and, and beautiful here's the nicer bathroom of the two <laughs> So like here's like the you know the Stuckey's bathroom versus uh, right right you know, right. So those bathrooms are going away, and we're we're building a uh, a bathroom in the back of the shop for the crew. Mm-hmm. It's bigger with you know more industrial slop sink and you know more sure. conducive, and then a little fancier one for people coming in off the street uh, in okay. the in the office. And in the meantime, this week because we've been destroying the office part, uh, the power's been off to the bathroom. Oh boy. Oh, that's weird. The, the new <laughs> one's not finished it's yet. It's a black hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you go in the the side of the building, and it's dark. And luckily, everybody's got cell phones with uh, flashlights right. oh, on them. You know, perfect, perfect. But, but I gotta thank our our team for working through all this. You know, and and not saying this is crap. I'm going home. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're very resilient, and they're all very excited about you know everybody's. Uh, Everybody's individual areas are improving with all these improvements, and they they see that and appreciate yeah. it. You know, so yeah. uh, we're we're lucky there too. So we're all right on, man. Because you, man, because I mean, you're, I guess you're you're going through some renovations in your your company's uh, oh, yeah. as well. But oh yeah, I think at that level, it's far more of an inconvenience, you know, than yeah. a shared vision. Right. I mean, it's luckily for me. I mean, I'm I'm rarely ever in the office anyway because I'm I work out in the field, uh, going to different customer locations, and uh, every once in a while I do have to stop in and grab parts and and do uh, some administrative stuff, but really nothing much. So I'll uh, when, when we're going in, you know, it, it's a it's a really big warehouse with a, a an office attached to it, and there were there used to be three four different. Uh, uh, ways to get into the office from the warehouse, and now there's two. Oh, and and you'd walk in, and you would n- naturally just walk and try to go into the one one room to get into the office, and then then you look up and, and see a wall there now where there used to be a door. Oh yeah, that's you're, weird. You're like, oh well, this is not the way to go anymore, and you kind of regroup and figure out what you're doing. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's been interesting. And it's a much bigger like, scale than what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's. I mean, they totally gutted the inside. They 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 dug trenches in the concrete floor to run new network lines, and they're reconfiguring all the cubes and putting those desks that that electrically raise and lower. And oh, uh, nice. Oh yeah, totally 
reconfiguring the office space. What used to be a conference room is now a workspace for for our help desk, and the kitchen is now relocated somewhere else, and it's now new more offices, and it's just completely different from from what we were used to. Wow! But yeah, those, it, it looks great. It's going to look great. So, yeah, uh, that's cool. Those stand up desks are neat. I, I, I'm thinking about trying to build something cool for the office. Finally, I uh, I built Kelly's desk, which. Uh, it's kind of a takeoff of an old service writer desk, but she wanted uh-huh. a, a front that, uh, you know, a customer could come up and kind of lean on and still have some privacy underneath. So oh, it's, right. all, it's all, uh, I think I made this out of 18-gauge steel and, and uh, tin that we recovered from our first V8 TV shop back on yeah. her, her parents' farm. I, and I still don't believe he did a whole TV show and ran a shop out of that place. I, <laughs> I still have trouble believing that. Well, looking at this this project here yeah i mean that was literally 22 by 30 and then a small little prime booth next door you know and and we did that for years yeah you sure Uh, did so i guess it's you know the my frugality and my conservatism of not Uh you know jumping into big giant things uh and getting the most out of my my space you uh, did we did, but you know, as Kelly points out, she's like, "You're hindering yourself and the business and the whole thing." You know, you gotta, you gotta move forward. So she that's makes where, a good point. She makes a great point, and that's where we're at mm-hmm. now. It's like, let's get the guys you know, everything they need and and space and and see what happens. So yeah, reinvest in the business, make it grow. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so, at your old place, you could work out what, one car at a time, maybe two if you had one in the shop, one in the paint booth. No, at one point we actually had four in there, believe it or not. Four? Yeah, oh, wow. we had uh, like one on the lift and one under the lift. Oh, I got you. <laughs> and then but one now next you to have it. twenty in there. Now so. we got twenty, yeah. And that was a yeah. funny thing. And, and I remember reading a story about the LA freeways because they were talking about the four hundred five freeway and the ten freeway. That intersection is the busiest intersection in the world. And they said there's already six lanes, you know going back and forth wow. and they somebody's like well just add another lane you know take eminent domain and knock down all the houses next to it and add oh, another geez. lane and it doesn't relieve the traffic because it just allows more cars to more go through cars. at the same time and that's what happened here we thought we'll have this big giant shop because we're i don't even know what the square footage is i think we're between eight and ten thousand, eight thousand, something mm-hmm. like that. It's not the biggest place in the world by any stretch, right. but we thought we can have some cars in here and then still have some open space where we can shoot some video and and you know have a relaxed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a relaxed amount of of cars. And next thing you know, it's completely jammed. Every square <laughs> foot is jammed with cars, and which is a great thing. But, you know, we have a lot of cars in here, and, and they're all getting worked on. We don't have any dead cars in here. We've got off-site storage for that. So there's six cars that are, you know, in limbo. Oh, boy. For whatever reason, you know, customer needs to stop on it or something or waiting yeah. long-term for parts. Or, and um, so, you know, at this point, we could probably put more cars in here if we had more space and more people to work mm-hmm. on them. Again, it's a great problem to have. Uh, but Trevor pointed out... Uh, our, our mechanic Trevor said he talks about the law of flat space, uh-huh. and I keep telling these guys, I'm like, can you keep at least one workbench clean, so that if something comes in, we can you know go work on it right there. And he's like, well, the law of flat space, man. As soon as you clean something off, somebody else will pile stuff on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Funny you should mention that because I record this in my garage. I'm on top of my workbench, which doubles as my toolbox. 
And uh, I had to spend about 20 minutes cleaning it, cleaning it off before I could get ready for this right. today. <laughs> right, absolutely. I know how it is. So uh, so it's all good. So uh, it, it's good that I said at the beginning that this is a show about cars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have we talked about one car yet? <laughs> I think I heard a GTO mentioned earlier. Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> In it's mocking always, tones. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, lovingly mocking tones. Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. part of the experience, you know. And, right. and you know, before, <laughs> before we completely leave this uh, construction project topic here, in many ways, Kelly and I, you know, feel the tables have turned a little bit because... When customers come in and they say, I want you to restore my car, and they say, how much is it going to take, and how long, and how much money, and we mm-hmm. oftentimes cannot provide those answers because we're not in it, you know, right. until right. we start taking it apart. Now the shoe's on the other foot, you know, and you tell the co- the contractor, it's like, when is this thing going to get done, and how much <laughs> oh, is it going to cost? Oh, yeah, okay. And they're like, hey, it's an old <laughs> building, man. I got no idea. Yeah. You never know what you're going to find. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I know that story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I wrote that story, Mister. I know yeah, what you're talking about. That's right. That's right. Car- it's, it, I don't want to call it karma, but it's uh, because nothing bad has happened. Right. But it's uh, the, the shoe's definitely on the other foot. Right. But yeah. I, you get some perspective. Uh, and that might as well syndrome is so close. <sighs> it's like, well, you know. But but thankfully, uh, Kelly's smart enough to know that might as well syndrome exists and that is where you get into something and you go well you might as well just blow all the walls down yeah, yeah you're doing it you got a backhoe here uh yeah. so it was uh, uh, very important to set up phases with definitive boundaries and and articulate right. specific projects so that that didn't happen because you know if it was up to me this whole place probably leveled by now because i'd be like oh yeah sure what the you know what the heck you're here yeah right right yeah, I think I saw our anonymous poster for the V8 Radio Facebook page. You mentioned that you <laughs> that you uh, that you uh, found a, uh, a, a some paint flaking on a windowsill, and this is what happens. Yeah, not not <laughs> terribly far off, you know. But, yeah. uh, right, exactly. <laughs> so um, so that's happening, uh, and uh, as I sit here in the shop, I'm looking out at the uh, the reloaded Camaro, which is getting kind of prettied up for its uh, its SEMA appearance coming up. And that was that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, obviously, the SEMA show is always a cool thing, and the opportunity to have a car there is a tremendous honor. And how this time uh, it all went down is that car had a set of Rocket Racing uh, booster wheels on it. Mm-hmm. And to me, those were the wheel for the car. Um, they had the right blend of new yeah. and old and, and the right look. look good. And, and they were in the Rocket catalog, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, David Coker, who owns rocket racing called me up and he said you know that car has been real good for us and everybody likes the car and we have a new wheel design uh it's called the rocket attack wheel Uh he said can we get that car for sema but put our new wheels on it this time and have it in the booth and i went yeah sure you know absolutely i'm not going to deny that so um it's been an interesting turn of events because the the rocket attack wheel is more of a pro touring style wheel it's a modern uh spoke design so it's it's vastly different from the nostalgic look of Uh the rocket booster that was on the car and his mission with these wheels are um they've got a lot of space for brakes so they've got a curved spoke um and they're a semi-forged wheel which means uh the the material is cast and then they Mm -hmm. spin it on a machine which 
which has a roller, uh, which they call oh. a mandrel. And as it's spin, it, envision making clay pottery, right? As you're making yeah. clay pottery, you, f- you force it into position. Well, oh. this mandrel does that with the, the rim part of the wheel and, and oh. effectively forges it on this spin machine. It's called spin forging. Okay. So now you've got a wheel that has a, a, a cast face, but a forged barrel where it needs the strength. Um, and it has the look of some of the other, uh, you know, more expensive forged wheels. And it has almost that level of strength, but the price is going to be far below what a full forged wheel is. Ah, okay. And he's, uh, to our knowledge, he's the only guy, Rocket's the only guy doing a semi-forged wheel in the aftermarket. Um, okay. So he's bringing some new technology to the game. And uh, we were hearing that story. I was like, wow, do you want our car, you know, to, to, to show it off, yeah. which was really super cool. I will be honest that as soon as we we got the wheels and put them on the car, I was like, oh, man, that is different. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, different good? It was. It, I'm going to start with saying different because we spent a lot of time picking the wheel for the car. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know how it is. When you design a car, you, you, every detail, when we do a whole car... Mm-hmm. Every detail's got to be right, and uh, we worked with Ben Hermans on the design of that car, you know, six years ago, I guess. And uh, so the stripe and the color and the wheel and the stance, everything about that car was hand selected. And you can't just go pull the wheels off and throw something else on and expect it to have that level ah, of thought behind it. I see. Right? It loses a little of the cohesiveness in the overall design. Yes, and and uh, it was hard for me to look at it because I was huh. like. No, 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 no. We, we spent so much time getting this thing right the way we wanted, uh-huh. and now you went and changed it. And uh, then we put the wheels on the car, because this is when they first came out of the box. We're looking at them like, I don't know. And uh, I was like, you know what? That looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> Once I could suspend, you know, what it was... And, uh-huh. and look at it with fresh eyes, and now now it's a 68 Camaro with a, this two-tone silver paint scheme and, and this stance and those wheels on it. I'm like, hey, that's, that's bad. So in the process, um, the new wheel, you can see through it far more than you could through the, uh, the rocket booster. The spokes are kind of thinner and whatnot. Okay. So we pulled all the brakes off and, and repainted the calipers and, and painted the rotors and, and treated okay. all that stuff to a freshen up so that, you know, now everyone's going to be looking at the wheels. So we want to make sure that looks nice. Yeah. And, uh, but the car is doing great otherwise and uh, still a ton of fun to drive. And Oh, boy. Yeah. It's cool. It's a good deal. So yeah, six days she'll be in the trailer westward bound. Oof. Dang. And how long, how long, it seems as a week long, right? The show is officially open on, on Tuesday and, and closes Friday afternoon. Oh, okay. Uh, but there's things going on Monday as well. So it's a five day, you know, kind of thing. I got you. And this is your 21st SEMA? Yeah, you believe that? This will be my 21st That's... year in a row doing the show. And I, I was thinking about it the other day. I've done the SEMA show more than I've done any singular thing in my life. Is that right? I'll yeah. be You're like you know, the mayor of SEMA now. Well, far from it. That's that's uh-huh. the crazy thing is this industry is uh, is very sticky. You know, and people don't leave the industry. Yeah, I, and because SEMA is the industry show, uh, I was communicating with a gentleman I know who this will be his 45th year in a row. Wow. And Holy I think he's, he's done it with, I think, 16 different companies. 
So he's worked in you know all these different businesses over the years, but always the SEMA is the glue that holds the industry together. Wow. Uh, so and it's he's always like a, a groundhog. He keeps popping up. Well, and he's not the only one. I mean, it's kind of a running joke we have. Uh, you know, because standard trade show attire is the polo shirt, you know, with the engraved, you know, the embroidered the logo. logo. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you do is you check and see what color shirt does this guy have on this year. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> you know, because uh, things change. And, and sure. I'm lucky. I, I've been able to do this uh, for 21 years under under essentially two companies. Um, yeah. But the first company changed owners four times when I was there. But it was still the same company. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Oh no, kidding. So yeah, but between Peterson Publishing when I started at the magazines, and oh then it became, yeah, came the Peterson Companies, and then it was bought by the British organization EMAP, and it became EMAP USA, and then after that it was uh, uh, Prime Media, and and now it's evolved into Ten, uh, the Enthusiast Network. Um, oh okay. So oh, that, yeah. that was all one deal there. And then when I left and, and we started V8, uh, V8 TV, then that's the shirt that I've had on ever since. So, mm-hmm. uh, But interestingly, I'll be wearing a different shirt this year. Will you? Uh, because I'm actually hired by SEMA to, to work at the, uh, uh, the SEMA Central. Um, well, SEMA Central. SEMA Central is a, uh, as you go into the, the grand lobby right before you enter the main hall, there's a stage set up uh, that the SEMA organization has, and it's all about signing people up to be members. And if you're a SEMA member, you can go there and talk about your benefits and, and, mm-hmm. and the different things that the organization does. And they have a stage set up. And um, for some reason, they got the wild hair to give me a call. So uh, I'll be actually hosting all those interviews uh, through oh, the whole sweet. week on the SEMA stage. So I'll be wearing a SEMA shirt working for them while right. uh, the rest of our crew will be out shooting VATV uh, with Kelly and Trevor and Tyler and, and John Moss and some of the other guys on the show uh-huh. floor. So Sweet. It's going to be a circus. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to seeing some of that. You're going you're gonna to be able to post some of those interviews on the, on the site, well, or is that just going to be SEMA-specific stuff? They, um, in the past, they've put them on their own website uh, okay. and, and their own YouTube channel and social and whatnot. Uh, I asked them if they were going to stream them this year. They said they, they didn't think so. We might sneak in, and, and uh, if our crew has a minute or two, to maybe use our own camera to stream one. Okay. <laughs> um, but good. it's basically a couple, two, three interviews an hour, every hour of the show all week, um, with notables and people from the organization and, and different stuff. And then on uh, on Monday, before the show kicks off, they have the uh, the SEMA Battle of the Builders every year, which is a thing they started a couple right. years ago. Uh-huh. Battle Battle of the Builders is people that are building a car for the show um, register to be part of this competition, and they can uh, they get judged by a team of of mostly media people, so magazine guys and gals okay. uh, pick. Uh, I guess they pick ten or so throughout the week, and then those are brought out, and there's a big. Uh, presentation at the end of the SEMA show and the whole thing's on velocity and on Monday there's uh, an introduction banquet kind of thing that I'm that I'm hosting for the Battle of the Builders and it's pretty Hmm. cool because uh, it's a neat opportunity for me because they want me to interview each individual car builder about the car so I get kind of a front row seat to see what the cars are and talk to the guys and find out what they did uh, 
which is which is very cool. A lot of these guys we know, um, you know, Detroit Speed's usually in it, and and mm-hmm. uh, Ring Brothers and and Ring, those yeah. guys. But the Battle of Builders is not open purely to those kind of cars. There's four wheel drive trucks and imports and and race cars and all kinds of stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing some new stuff and meeting some new people. So yeah, for sure, for sure, that'll be really slick. Huh. Yeah. So there's so much going on with the car in the booth and then the team out shooting interviews and they got some great ones lined up um, yeah as usual uh some neat new new parts that are coming out and uh kelly's going to be interviewing a bunch of people about some new cars that are hitting the floor and then uh i'll be over at the sema central deal the only downside of that is i'm not going to be able to get out and see the show this year oh uh, bummer I, huh. just, it, believe me, it's not it's not a terrible thing, but it's you know uh-huh. it, it, well, you, you want to get out and see what's going on. And I do, anyway. and and it's yeah. uh, it's kind of a giant family reunion every year to go see people uh-huh. and you know say hi. So hopefully, I can sneak right. off for a few minutes here and there. Yeah, uh, we'll find out. But well, what, what you will get to see quite a bit of what's coming up after SEMA. We got uh, Muscle Con Corvette Nationals. Yes, coming which up uh, what November eighteenth and nineteenth, which I am the... totally excited for. Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite show of the year. It's it's my one show I will not miss. I will make sure I tell my wife, this is when I'm going. This is what's happening. Don't schedule me for anything else. Don't volunteer me. Don't yeah. say, oh, Michael will do it. No, I'm yeah. gone. <laughs> you, you will not be voluntold to go do mm-hmm. something. <laughs> exactly. Do not volunteer me to do anything. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a good thing because we're supposed to do a broadcast from there. And, yeah, you know, exactly. it'd be, be harder if you weren't there. <laughs> yeah, it would, be, it, would, it would be a little one-sided, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, that is. Uh, it is the greatest show in the world as far as car shows, straight-up straight car shows. Right. <clears throat> and uh, Bob Ashton and the crew, again, have a, uh, a lineup that is just unbelievable of uh, fresh restorations that are being unveiled, of mm-hmm. other feature cars, of the theme displays. Um Got a neat one this year, the Shaker Scoop Invitational. Uh, Is that right? I got, yeah. I got my, my McCacken magazine just came the other day, and I already got a few dog ears in it. Oh, right so, on. Uh, I haven't gotten yeah. mine yet. Oh, yeah. It just came in yesterday, the day before. So, yeah, lots of good stuff. Class of 67. Uh, got a, a bunch of unveilings that are that they have listed in here, but the only ones that I really remember is the 68 Ram Air 2 Firebird, the 73 Super Duty TA, and the 68 Ram Air 4 GTO Convertible. But all the rest of them are just kind of a blur to me. From, yeah, as as gee, I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they're going to have the pure stock drag cars. Uh, what would McCacken be without all the Shelbys they're going to have there? They're going to have Studebakers. You know, they have the barn finds. All the yeah. unrestored originals that are going to be that are I love 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 seeing the unrestored cars because they're such a time capsule and they're unmolested and they're just how they're supposed to be from the factory. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, and then I think they're doing day two cars again, aren't they? Uh, 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 I, probably, probably. Know, with, I didn't. The, I don't. Uh, see, I don't know if I the saw day that two in modifications there, but... uh, installed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a great show, and um, again, we're very fortunate to be. Um, as uh, as as McCacken has called us, the official videography team of the uh-huh. event, so that gets us some access to get up close to these things and talk to the people, and and uh-huh. uh, we'll be doing some uh, 
Yeah, a nice full page muscle car of the week ad in there too yeah how about that look at that <laughs> how about that that's nice well that that's kind of uh muscle car of the week's people are there yeah you know? um it's it's such a great experience to go there and see so many people that are into those cars and you know a lot of them watch our show and they they always have great questions about some of the cars we featured and we feature cars from that show on on muscle car of the week and the whole thing mm-hmm. and it's a big love fest for muscle cars. It is. It is. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do a uh, a cast from there, if you will. Still working out the details. I want this to be a live one, mm-hmm. which would be the what I think would be the coolest way to do it. Um, yeah. Hopefully the technology is in place that we can pull that off and get a good stream out of the yeah. Stevens Convention Center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center, is a, it's a beautiful hall. It's also, uh, it's a union place. So <laughs> it's one of those things where we've had cars on display there and our, our V8 Speed and Resto Shop display. And it's like, yeah, you need that cord plugged in? You know, it's an extra 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we want to make yeah. sure that we can do our thing without having to uh, involve. Without having a grievance filed against you. Too much outside help. So we'll we'll sneak that out, uh, okay. but but last year I was successfully able to do some live unveilings of cars on the right. fa- Facebook stream, yep. so uh, we're going to do that again, and I think we'll just use that technology and um, stream them off the VA radio page. And Perfect. We'll start. Yeah, I think sh- that works fine. Start sharing that now. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. That's right, folk. Maybe- <laughs> Man, <laughs> I hope you have a friend so you can tell him too. <laughs> yeah. Share it with your friend. <laughs> uh, right on. Someday we, someday another gonna, another gonna... brown show coming up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> someday we got to meet that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's keeping us in business. That's right. Uh, but hopefully we can wrangle uh, uh, Mr. Ashton to uh, uh, give us a rundown of the show on mm-hmm. our, our broadcast and get a little tour of it and the whole thing. So very much looking forward to the Muscar Corbett Nationals. Oh, yeah, for sure. A must-see show. Yes. And I've got uh, – it's kind of funny because, you know, being old enough to to have lived long before social media – um, I still find it interesting when you meet somebody in person that you've known on on screen, but never right. in person. Yeah. And, and this year, um, there's a gentleman. Uh, his name is Jeff, and I believe his last name is pronounced Holenthrikes. I, I I can't even pronounce his name. His nickname is Yardley. I met this guy through a magazine story that I wrote about Riviera suspension in the '90s, and this oh, guy's wow. a, this guy's got a '69 Riv that runs 12s. And he and I have kind of stayed in touch just because we both like those cars. And he's coming to the McCacken show. And we're going to get the chance to meet in person finally. Oh, sweet. After probably 17, 18 years. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, I mean, you you, you almost want to call it a reunion, but it's a union. It's a union, right. (laughs) It's a a meet and greet for the first time. You know, we've talked on the phone several times, but. But mm-hmm. that, that's what's cool about this show, and, and uh, he's purely, obviously, going to see the show, because that's the important part. Right. Uh, I'm just going to happen to be there. But I, I've leaned uh-huh. on him long enough to say, look, you need to go see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an event worth traveling to. He's coming in from Pennsylvania. 
So oh boy, people come from all over to see those. So there's still time to get tickets and uh, and come see the show. Macacken.com, M-C-A-C-N dot com. So there's that. There's uh, end of the year for us really stacks up a lot of stuff, you know. So it's a good time to start tearing your building apart. You know? Totally right. <laughs> yeah. All the winter projects coming in there. Let's tear the building apart. Eh, pish posh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and we're not busy enough. No, no. <laughs> and uh, you know, in addition, there's all the the regular day to day stuff happening around here. You and I have touched base. Pre, uh, previously about the 69 Corvette LS3 swap we did with the mm-hmm. six-speed. Um, just got a, a quick fun update from the owner of that car. When he picked it up to go home, this was a fresh build, um, and we're still cutting the video. That's going to be a VATV episode or two. But he jumped in the car and drove it 775 miles to get home without a hitch. And that's, he's like, this, mm. is, this is killer. So it's another another super win for the the v8 crew these guys are able to pull off this new car reliability yeah you know in in a, in a car that was never supposed to have that kind of power or technology and, <laughs> uh-huh. and there you go and there you go that's that's killer we had talked about the uh 66 oldsmobile that we just did an ls swap too and right think, you know last time we kind of dug into that whole is it worth it and are you ruining the car and everything uh-huh. well the the end tally for the oldsmobile it's finished and um the guys were able to do the engine, an LS motor, and a six-speed transmission swap, and they drilled four holes in the car. So the, whole, the whole thing is good. undoable because mm-hmm. uh, the owner has the original engine. It's a 66 442. He's got the 400 and the four-speed still. Right. So, so we didn't bother the car at all. And yes. some of the decisions to make that happen were, uh, for example, on the firewall where the voltage regulator used to be, they unscrewed the voltage regulator because it's no longer needed. And that's right. where they mounted the fuel pressure regulator. So they just Perfect. kind of repurposed, you know, original yeah. holes and stuff. And I did a uh, probably a 75-mile trip in that car yesterday. A uh, little ride and drive evaluation. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. Mm. Ah, I yes. bet it is. Uh, it's the 525-horse version. I didn't even lean on this car, you know, to, to beat it up at all but with the six speed and I, I don't even know what rear gears in it off the top of my head but 60 miles an hour is like 1300 rpm wow yeah it is way low Holy uh, but the engine is torquey enough to where it doesn't care uh-huh. uh, sure and it 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 shifts super smooth and uh the clutch is a little heavy for my taste uh, but the owner supplied the throwout bearing. I think it's a hydraulic clutch, but I, mm-hmm. I, we probably could have made that a little bit more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts like a new car, and it sounds killer, and it, it's mm. got power everywhere. And it's getting, I think it's getting about 22 to the gallon, 21 well, or 22. Well, 1,300 RPM at 60, I, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. So that's a win. If you can fend off the people, you know, when you open the hood and they don't see that Oldsmobile yeah, engine. Yeah, yeah. Please put out your torches and put your pitchforks away, purists. <laughs> it's all undoable. It's all completely undoable. That's correct. And the original parts exist, and they're still with the car. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nothing was ruined here. Move along. Yes. Yeah, so Nothing to see. <laughs> we perfectly split the difference. So. Yeah. And then yeah. there's uh, tons and tons of, of work happening in the metal shop and... and uh, What's uh, what's going on with my favorite build you got going on over there? You know what I'm talking about. 
Oh yeah, that uh, that AMC GTO. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. the yeah, Pinto, yeah. the Pinto <laughs> Resto. Yeah. Uh, well, the the '67 GTO unfortunately is in uh, parts back order purgatory uh, right now, uh, and it's a bummer. Well, I mean, I, I I can identify with that, I guess. Yeah, what's going on here with these GTOs and waiting yeah, for well, stuff? They're worth the wait, is what is what it is. It's worth it. Uh, you know what? I think that the the there was a misconception about what GTO stands for, and I think it's actually Italian for worth the wait. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, well, that car is um, the the frame is done and painted. We we have yet to assemble the suspension because we're waiting on uh, one or two pieces for that. And, and the body's on the rotisserie still because we're waiting for the center floor, the main floor section. We're doing, oh. a, we're doing a giant one-piece floor from the firewall to, uh, to the kick-up right behind the, the back seat. And uh, technically, it's, it's still a multi-piece floor because the trunk floor is going to be another section. But mm. the middle piece is on, like, perpetual back order. So uh, we're waiting on that. And I feel bad for the customer because we had a pretty good head of steam going of getting it disassembled, media blasted and epoxied. And, and you mm-hmm. know, we were starting to turn the corner to start putting this thing, you know, kind of back together with metalwork. And then it hit the brakes. Uh, so we are uh, we're in a situation where we have some prefer- preferred companies that we buy parts from that, you know, we work with all the time. But sometimes you got to if they can't they can't deliver, you got to get it from somewhere else. And we found that the somewhere else's are also back ordered. So, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Well, if you, I, ha- I happen to have some uh, uh, floor braces uh, for a '67 GTO. If you ever need those, they're aftermarket. They're unused. Oh, they're, there you go. Good even have the nuts. So you have another part source now. <laughs> there you go. Well, and that that was part of the consideration. Do we fix this floor? Um, and those those pieces were were actually rotted on this one, and there was enough sections on it where we just did the math, and we said it's going to be faster to just yank the whole thing, right. instead of doing a hundred little patches and you know fixing yeah. all that stuff. But uh, but interestingly, we uh, another very cool project just arrived uh, two days ago. As a matter of fact, this one is a '70 Mach One Mustang. Ooh. That is going to be a very cool project. This one, uh, the customers had it. Uh, it's been around for quite a long time, and he identifies with the car as it is, um, regards to color and style. He really loves the look of the 70 Mach 1, so we, we're going to keep all that stock um, mm-hmm. and kind of tune it up a little bit as far as the fit and finish and, and the color cool. a bit. Um, but this guy doesn't have a lot of time to tinker with cars, so this has to be a a non tinker mobile. This has oh, to really? be a car that you go into the garage, open the door, close the door, turn the key, and go. Uh, this, oh boy! Okay. This guy does not have time to fiddle with adjusting carburetors or mm-hmm. um, you know tighten screws or make adjustments mm-hmm. or bring it back and you know dial this this thing essentially has to have new car reliability, uh, feel, fit and finish, and still have that look mm-hmm. of the 70 Mach, um, which is a pretty big challenge uh, because, you know, as you know, when you have an old car, the, 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 the benchmark is a little bit different. I mean, th- this guy, what really matters to him is that the doors close 
you know, perfectly, mm-hmm. and, and that okay. it, it starts nice. It doesn't shake. It doesn't squeak. It doesn't rattle. So, uh-huh. you know, it, it, we, we got to somehow stuff a new Mercedes inside of this thing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, he, he's looking for a new Mustang with an old Mustang body. Yeah, and it has to be this car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the cool thing is... Um, there's there's parts available to do it. Uh, we're gonna do uh-huh. a full Detroit Speed front suspension and rear suspension, so it'll have okay. the the Corvette spindles and and mm-hmm. uh, tubular arms and rack and pinion and and that suspension is super compliant and comfortable and it handles really well and it doesn't beat you up. Um, and then for the engine, uh, it, it's so cool because at some point it was like, well, you know, we should put a new Coyote motor in it and and call it a day, yeah. but that that detracts from the experience of the kind of the original Mach 1 uh this was an FE motor it was a 390 well actually uh-huh. this this don't don't kill me but this was a 428 car uh original motor's long gone and the uh-huh. transmission's long gone so okay. he's used to seeing an FE under the hood all right uh so we're going to kick it up a notch and um we're building an aluminum FE for this car Really? Yes. So it's going to be uh, an, an aluminum, you know, basically 427 architecture, but but maybe more displacement, a little bit of a crank in it. And uh, all, all aluminum, like aluminum block and hence and everything? Everything, yeah. yeah aluminum. I didn't know you could get an aluminum uh, FE block. Yes. Uh, you need to bring a Brinks truck to the, to, <laughs> I, to I the store that. with you. Shelby makes one. Um, oh boy! There's a uh, a shop called the uh, uh, Pond Performance that makes one. Then there's another really interesting one that came out a couple years ago. It's called uh, BBM Performance, mm-hmm. uh, and it's designed here and it's it's cast overseas. It's actually uh, uh, cast in Korea, huh. and then brought back and machined. And okay. you got a ride in that uh, uh, sixty four Galaxy that we did, the blue one. Yeah, that had a set of BBM heads on it. Oh, and they're very, well, very let nice. Me, let me tell you, they flow nicely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So that car moved really well. Well, they make a block and those cylinder heads and everything else. And we're still trying to figure out if that's the way to go or one of the other tried true sources. I think the Shelby, the Shelby, you can buy an engine complete, and it's like 550 horsepower for about 25 grand. Um, yeah, it's, the, S, the S in Shelby should be a dollar sign. You, you, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're definitely buying the Shelby experience. Uh, we're pretty convinced that um, using some engine builder friends of ours, in fact, our, our good buddy Eric Von Berkham is going to be oh. uh, uh, a key in this engine build because he's an FE uh, guru on these things and well, really, right really is looking forward to doing it. Um, interestingly, because of the kind of the reliable nature and the stock fuel and all the rest this is not intended to be a race car and it's not intended to be a super radical car so so we're looking at you know maybe 500 horsepower probably 550 foot pounds um but just torque all the time you know so that it feels real good but but we're not taxing anything on the engine we're not going to run you know 12 to 1 compression or anything ridiculous Mm -hmm. uh and we're going to be doing uh a holly fuel injection system using the stock shaker scoop so oh, it's nice. it's going to look just like, you know, a Super Cobra jet in, mm-hmm. al- in aluminum uh, with Oof. a functional shaker and the EFI and the whole deal. And then we're connecting that to a, uh, uh, a computer-controlled automatic. So we'll be able to con- – the Holley Dominator ECM controls those transmissions. 
so we'll be able to dial in our shift points and everything and oh, and uh, so now we'll have something that has the look of the Mach 1 it'll have kind of an exotic motor under the hood mm-hmm. some technology with the fuel injection and then have creature comforts and a solid feel and handling so you know it's it, it's oh, a very nice interesting car <laughs> yeah 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 for sure and i like the 72 those that's a great looking car it is um yeah. 69 and 70 are both it's funny they're very similar but both very different uh-huh. um and we got a, a great wheel design that we're looking at um again nothing over the top a 17 inch wheel uh, I'll, I'll be sharing a rendering very shortly. We had a rendering done by uh, our friend Tavis Highlander. And uh, you've seen Tavis's work before. He does a lot of the cars for Steve Strope with Pure Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of his renderings and, and uh, does them for, for all kinds of people. But he was uh, excited about the project. We're very happy with what we got. Um, and at first glance, you're like, yeah, it's a 70 Mach 1. You know, but it's one of those cars. As soon as you start to look at it, you're gonna go, "Holy oh. cats! Yeah. What's, what, what's going on with this thing?" That's um, really slick. Do you have a name for the car yet? Uh, I I don't actually because it, it's such a tricky one. You know, I don't want anything hokey for the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the Mach One, you know, there's been so many Mustangs, and they all have these names to them. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to. F- well, you you're the guy. You keep coming up with these awesome uh, adjectives for our show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Max Mach. There yeah, you go. Yeah, Done. right. <laughs> right. Maximum. Mm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we got. Look it. at us. We're getting work done here. Actual work done. Hi, congratulations. That's a first. M A C H. Maximum. Maximum. Maximum one. Yeah, there you go. Boom. And and the one is uh, spelled W O N. W O N. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> We got to incorporate this thing. We, we, <laughs> yeah. got, we got a business. I think we got a business here. We, we could do a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right on. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, maybe maybe that's it. Because it really has to. It's got to be kind of maxed out in every direction, but mm-hmm. still, still a little conservative. And that, that's mm-hmm. what I've been struggling with. You know, it's not. Right. It's it's not it's under the top, but it's over the top at the same time. Right. Right. So you can't have anything clowny with it. It's got to be cool. Right. So if everything goes well, which so far everything is, and it's a, a good vibe around the car, the team's all excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly um, a SEMA car next year. Ooh, uh, right on. Possibly a McCacken car next year. Uh huh. Okay. So. Um, all right. Yeah, we gotta gotta get moving. But the car has arrived, and um, we're getting the parts list together right now. And and I, I think, unfortunately, the the time challenge on this one is probably going to be the engine. Oh, sure. Um, what I've learned is that th- there's a decent amount of those aluminum FEs out there. You, like I said, you can call a couple sources today and buy one, but it's it's not a high volume piece. So sometimes you call up and you order one, and they gotta wait for. 20 more orders to run the foundry you know and that kind of thing so we'll yeah. see yeah yeah i imagine that's a pretty low volume deal right right so yeah and 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 trevor and the mechanic team are all excited because this car again with its um 
we need to know what this thing's doing like all the time because the customer is not somebody who's going to go in the garage and say, yeah, it's doing this. What do you think? And uh-huh. I, we're going to, we're in the process of kind of developing uh, with Holly a, uh, a Wi-Fi interface for this car so that he can park it in his garage and it'll have an IP address and we uh-huh. can we can remotely see the ECM. You can web into it and look at it. That's and see nice. what's going on, yeah. Um, you know, technology that you're used to, but in a, in a 70 Mustang, you don't see very often. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, that's funny. I, I mean, we, I, we can do that right now with... Right, copy yeah. machines. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Um, and, and there's a few others. Like, we don't want any kind of learning curve on this car. We want this car to be get in and drive. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that aftermarket fuel injection systems have been behind on has been the need to pressurize the fuel system when you turn the key. Uh-huh. So today, if you go to your Ford dealer and you get behind the wheel of a new Mustang, you turn the key. You don't have to turn it to on and wait. You uh-huh. just turn the key and it lights right. off. Uh-huh. And, and I believe that part of that is they use some check valves in the system and they've got um, a pre-pump in there and, and they try oh, to keep yeah. that system pressurized all the time. Uh-huh. And on a car like that, you drive it every day, so it, it doesn't have a chance to bleed off that pressure. Right. But on these uh, fuel injection swaps, it doesn't matter who it is, Fast or Holly or Edelbrock or Fitech uh-huh. or whatever – you always got to turn the key and run the fuel pump to build the pressure before you turn the key and start oh, it all okay. the way. And if you don't do that, it'll just crank, and then you turn the key off, and you do the same thing again, and it still hasn't built pressure up. So, hmm. so it becomes a starting issue. It, it okay. feels like something's wrong, um, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. So typically, we tell customers to, to get in the car and turn the key to the on position, and then reach over and put your seatbelt on. And then hit uh, it, right, and build okay. in a little time. Sure. Uh-huh. But I myself did it yesterday on that Oldsmobile, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's a GM fuel system and and computer and everything. You know, there's nothing oh, yeah. aftermarket on that, and I still did it. I got behind the car and cranked and cranked. I'm like, darn it, you know, I I, I was supposed to wait. So um, we have a thought to uh, the the Holly Dominator ECM in particular will have. Uh, it's got an opportunity to have a, a turn-on lead for the ECM. So basically, you can trigger turning it on before the key. And what we're talking about doing is essentially using maybe a dome light. So as oh, soon as, as, soon you, as open you the door, open the door, it'll prime it that pump automatic for That's you. That's a great idea. And then you hit the key and it lights off. Huh. So these are the kind of things that we're trying to build into this car. Uh-huh. You know, to to make that new car experience, you know, for real as much as possible. So okay, it's All a right. fun exercise in creativity as well as something that just looks cool and goes fast. You know? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's Dude. pretty slick, man. Yeah, I wouldn't we, have we, thought we, that that dome light thing. That's that's a good one. Well, it's real similar to what you see on some modern cars. Uh, I think the Camaros do it now, where you you grab the door handle and it rolls the window down. An eighth of an right. inch, you know, so right. it clears the weather strip. So uh-huh. so when you grab that door handle, it turns something on, which makes that happen. Okay. And the Holly system yeah. will allow you to do that. Uh, oh. You don't need the ECM to be full powered. You can turn it on with something else. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Oh. Well, I was too. And, and uh, Trevor and Tyler, our, our two of our techs, went to the uh, Holly 
school. They've been trained, oh, yeah. and and that's one of the things they learned. And I said, well, and in fact, one of the guys that that manages the cars at Muscle Car of the Week uh, at the Brothers Collection was telling us about a project that he did with the Dome Light, and we hmm. just kind of started putting things together. So. I wish I could say it was my idea, but it's uh, it's definitely not. But but hopefully we can expand upon it and make it make it work. So I mean, does Holly? Do, do they do they market that feature? I, I've never you know, even heard of that. No, the the problem with the Holly Dominator EFI system is that it does so much that they don't even know what it does. Uh, you know, there's so many innovative ways to. It's a computer. It, it don't you can't right. think of it as a. Um, as a, a fuel injection controller, it is legitimately a full logic computer. So okay. you can have all kinds of if thens and and things that trigger uh, other things. So whatever you can figure out. In fact, Trevor okay. was telling me that in the school they said that there's a guy who runs a greenhouse with with one of those things. It's an automated hmm. greenhouse because at certain times of day they've got sh- window shades that go up and down, and they got windows that open and let air flow through for, okay. for growing plants. Huh. And uh, and this is a standalone device that is built to uh, handle weather extremes. You know, you can't put okay. a laptop out in the thing, right? So he uses it for that. So nobody huh. knows what this thing's capable of. <laughs> huh? That's trippy. So yeah, just input outputs. Okay, that's All it. Right. And it's got that so many sense. of them, and you can. So the inputs and outputs to get a little technical, you can assign their behaviors. So they can uh-huh. be a like a zero to five volt input or out or it can be a switch where it's on or off or a relay or a latch switch or it could be a, a pulse with modulated output so you know whatever you want to figure out puts time in it you can make it happen it's pretty neat yeah, that is pretty neat oh the world just opened up for me now there you go and again the, mis- the mission in this car is oh look a red 70 mach 1 <laughs> little do they know it's been maximized maximized there you go there you go i think i think the name just stuck yeah maximum maximum <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, see if i can we can hire a, a schwarzenegger to say it you know <laughs> oh perfect <laughs> Today you'll be driving the maximum. The maximum Mach One. <laughs> the maximum one. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's uh, good. All right. Well, I think we're uh, we're to that point. We've got to reveal the uh, the answers to the trivia questions here. I think I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Uh, here we go. Then I asked you about the uh, high impact option on your Cuda, and I mm. asked you what that was. And uh, I couldn't, you you couldn't be more wrong with this answer, Kevin. Perfect, <laughs> good, good. I should say no. You couldn't be more right. Exactly, it was the uh, paint color options. The the uh, with the uh, with the great names. I, I guess like your your vitamin C orange or your top banana yellow. That sassy fast green, high yep. impact colors. Yeah, and I so think- yes, you are correct. It is the color choice. All right. Well, finally, I win one. Yes, finally. Uh, or get one right anyway. I think you're like you're like 25 and 1. I no, think. no, I missed a few of them. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right. Well, in the question I asked you was in in 1971, uh Dodge ran an ad for the 71 Challenger TA and in the ad it was yellow, one of the high impact colors. And oh. the question was how many of those Challenger TAs were sold for 71? Mm-hmm. And your no. guess was 150. Yes. Which, uh, knowing that there were 
Mopars of such little production, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, 14 yeah. Hemi Cuda convertibles and right. things like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was so, going with that. I knew. That's, that's good. It was good logic. The correct answer is zero. Oh, come on. <laughs> God damn it. And, 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 and I gave it to you, too, if you recall, because you said, all right, what's the range? One to a million. And I said, yeah, yeah maybe zero to a million. To a million, yeah. So interestingly, they ran ads for a car they never sold. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, they, Zero. The TA program did not exist for 71. And, and if you ever see the ad, it's you can Google it and see it. Or I'll put it on the page when we publish this show. Um, they, they, I'll say they photo labbed, you know, because it was far before Photoshop. But they took a 70 car and added the 71 stuff to it and Photoshopped it and created a really? fake. Yeah, so it's not even a real car in the ad. Uh, I'll be darned. And it didn't exist. So kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real neat. Yeah, yeah, real neat, Osty. <laughs> One with a zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well. Oh, well. You came up with uh, Ebonics. What, what was this called, this show? <laughs> Infinitely Ebullient. Ebullient. There we yes. go. Infinitely Ebullient. Infinitely Ebullient. You cannot even... A two-parter. Me- cannot measure the... Ebullientness. Not even moderately <laughs> ebullient. It is infinitely ebullient. Yeah, yeah. I think I had moderately okay once. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I had moderately neato. Yes, right. Gone far mm. beyond that. Far beyond, yes. All right. Well, uh, hey, that was uh, that was fun. And we apologize for not talking about cars till the very end, you know. But yeah. um, Well, you got to make them wait for the good stuff. Well, I was just following the script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for the vast amounts of preparedness we made for this show today, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Can't deviate. Yeah. Oh, well, heck, I'm in an office that's all gutted out. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you think? I don't want to get the, the producers mad and veer off the script at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> might, might get fired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can't have that. All right. Well, listen. We thank uh, thank you, man, for watching or listening wherever you are. <laughs> please, please call in one time or <laughs> yeah, 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 leave a comment it. that you've listened. Yeah, right. And uh, you can tune into V8 Radio on uh, iTunes at v8radio.com. Uh, link through our Facebook page, uh, the TuneIn Radio app, the Stitcher Radio app, uh, and Google Play of all places. And uh, hopefully soon we'll be doing a, uh, a live one from the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals. Check that out at macacken.com, and we'll have more info on our Facebook page. Uh, and until next time, uh, thanks, Mike. It's been fun. Likewise. And uh, keep, it, uh, keep it under 100. <laughs> <laughs>